Ready? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Pat? Steve Del Savio from Pat Leader Dog Psychology and Behavior. I'm here with the lovely Cassandra uh. Mordaga, <laughs> my fiance, and also the director of operations here at Pack Leader Dogs. This is our first ever episode of the Pack Leader Show. I'm super, super, super pumped up about doing this. I've always been wanting to do this for a really long time, and it's something we talked about doing for a long time, and it was something that I kept making excuses to a degree, saying that I was too busy, which I am definitely very busy, but I'm too busy, I have too many things going on that I won't be able to get to it. And then it was reality, in my opinion, a, a piece of insecurity that I had about actually talking to you guys at in depth about what I really wanted to talk about and us kind of talking about personal life and stuff like that. But it just became one of those things that I, I feel a sense of responsibility for being able to have the knowledge I have about dog psychology, my experiences in business, my experiences in life. Um, our experiences as a relationship working together, which is sometimes <laughs> a little bit of an issue, but it's a, it's we we make it work. Um, and I guess I'll, you want to go first, or should I go first? No, you can go first. All I right. like hearing you talk. Okay, you do. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard say that. Um, so I'm going to get into who I am. My name is Steve Del Savio. So uh, as I said earlier, I'm the owner and head trainer here at Pack Leader Dog Care Services. We're also known as Pack Leader Dog Psychology and Behavior. Um, so where do I start? How far back should I go? From the beginning. What's the beginning? I'll go back to high school. Let's put it that way. So in high school, um, actually it's good to go back to elementary school. So even from yeah. elementary school all the way through about ninth grade, I always got A's, straight A's in school and stuff like that. And around that time, I started getting a little bit more confident with myself. And that's where I started to kind of resist the structured school system, I would say. Um, I definitely was kind of not the type of person who could be sitting in one seat, being told what to do, and that was where it ended. It was really a struggle for me to do that. So that was where my grades kind of started dipping. I never like started failing or anything, but I started getting C's and not really focusing so much on the schoolwork, and I was really focused on uh, actually playing sports and stuff like that. So I was a three-sport athlete. I was all-county in all three. Are you impressed? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I was all-county in all three. Um, I was, my favorite sport was definitely ice hockey, but the sport I was best at was baseball. So I was a pitcher, um, and I got a scholarship to play at Pace University, which was, at the time was a Division I school here in New York. And I played baseball there and, and was doing really well. I was under the impression that I was being looked at by professional teams to be recruited and be drafted. Um, things were going great and all of a sudden I got a slap in the face in life, which was my arm was busted and done deal. So that was step number one of my life and the first kind of detour where things changed. Um, then my next step was working for a company in New York City, which was it's owned by my father. And it was, it was a great experience working there. Um, I learned a ton about business. I got to learn a lot from my father and see how he was able to really care about his, his employees and, and not just care about them as just someone to work for them, but to really care about them personally, which is something that I try to apply here all the time as, as we call them our pack. <laughs> and I really care about them, not only just with the dog stuff, but also the their, how things are going with their lives and making sure they're being fulfilled and happy. Um, so that was there. It was a great job. Learned a lot about business. But 
was definitely not a job for me. I wasn't a huge fan of being at the uh, New York City permit office every day, dealing with people there, which I would basically call it like the DM. It's like going to the DMV every single day of your life oh my and God, watching yeah. people who are just sitting there saying, I'm like, hey, there's a huge emergency here. Can we get some help? And they're, yeah, we'll get to you when we have a chance to get to you. It's <laughs> the kind of thing. So that was just something, to, and, and, and it was just not, I wasn't fulfilled. That's the bottom line is there was a job that the pay was good. And everybody on earth was telling me, this is the way it should be. Take over the father's business and you'll be set for life and all the whole thing. And it just took me a while, but I, I, it just was not the job for me. And I knew that I couldn't see myself doing that job for the next 40, 50 or whatever years it's, it's going to be. And I decided to quit and I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I was living in Hoboken, still am by the way. And uh, I, I, at that point, I, I really didn't know what to do. So in the meantime... As I was looking at at like jobs for the next, you know, what, what's going to be a popular job in the next like 20 years type thing, I was glancing through and they were all ones I was like, I don't know what the hell this is. No, not no. And then I saw the pet industry and I said, hmm, in pet industry, I like dogs. Maybe I could do something with that, but didn't know what to do with that. I didn't really, I knew about dogs just from my own experience. I always like did rescue stuff and worked with, you know, friends and family's dogs. I loved watching dog shows and things like that. but. It just got to a point where I was like, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to make a dog business? How, how would I even go about that? So I kind of got put on the back burner. But uh, while I was looking for another job, a friend of a friend had a dog whose name was Mojo. And the, none of the walking companies were able to walk that guy. So what happened was he, I went to the house and everyone had said this dog was very aggressive. And it was, was it? So it was, it was doing an aggressive act of charging the door which is technically not aggression. It was, he was just moving forward because he was actually nervous about people coming in the house. So I saw nervousness in that dog and most people just saw aggression. They saw black pity teeth and that was the end of it yeah, for them. Yeah, no one wants to walk that. Nobody wants to deal with that, yeah. So I ended up getting that dog for a walk. So in the meantime, I started walking this guy and then you know it kind of became like a, a friend of a friend had a dog like that. Oh, I have a friend, I have a dog like that. Can you walk him? So I casually got a pack of like, I don't even know, in the beginning it was like eight dogs who were all like the bad problem crazy dogs of Hoboken to a degree, like all aggression and things like that. And just by walking them and the things I had learned by watching TV and watching Caesar's show, reading books and just applying that stuff with dogs in my real life, I was just practicing the stuff that just seemed so normal that everyone around me was looking and like people on the street were like, how is he doing that? It makes no sense. It's magic. I was like, is it really magic? I think this is just normal life stuff to do with the dog. But so then I started saying to myself, maybe I can have a dog business. Maybe I can do a dog business. So I started uh, pack leader dogs at the time. And I said, oh, you know, I'm going to try to we'll have a nice little dog walking business. And at the time, my goal in life was to have a, I said, my goal is going to be six figures I wanted to make and have my own business, make my own schedule, and that was gonna be the end of it. That's where I was like, I'm done with that. That would have been- Just make, with the walking. Just walking, that was, that was gonna be my life. If I had a nice walking business and eventually could have some people working for me, oh my God, I killed it. So I started doing that and the walks were getting great and they were building up and I had a lot of people or my clients who were saying, can you tell me how you're getting my dog to walk with a pack of eight dogs or 10 dogs or 15, whatever it was that day, and I can't even walk this dog normally on my own by myself? So I was like, yeah, of course, I can. let me come show you. So then I started going to people's houses for free as part of a 
as part of like a perk to work being part of the pack and I would go to their houses for free and I would do consultations and show them things that I thought were just normal and everybody knew but I realized almost nobody and now to today I definitely know that uh, the majority of people don't know this stuff mm-hmm. and I went uh, so I was go to the house and I show would show people what to do and then I started doing that and people were getting great results so I I had like, should I charge money for this too? It, felt, it almost felt like awkward, like I shouldn't be doing this. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna charge. I think I started with like 150 bucks for two hours or something like that, like 75 an hour. That'd and be I, such a great deal now. <laughs> that would be a good deal. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what, let me let me see if I can make something out of it. And it felt awkward. And it was my, it was, in reality, it was my own insecurity about it. Am I giving a good enough product? Which relates to doing even this show. Is why I was kind of delaying this show. I was like, do I really know what I'm talking about? It seems like everybody on Instagram and social media and stuff think they know what I'm talking about. And my clients seem to think that I know what I'm talking about. So I was like, you know what, let's I think see if you know what you're talking about. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we'll see. Uh, I want to see if you guys think if you know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, then then I, then I all right, so we'll, then we'll get into this is when things were starting to go up and things were going well for me. Um, I ended up getting engaged at the time, not to Cassie, to somebody <laughs> else at the time, and uh, so that was going well. And then things kind of spiraled out of control. I ended up breaking up with my uh, my ex fiance. Um, ended up not really talking to a lot of the people that I used to talk with and go out and party with. Um, and I was in a really, really low spot of my life. And I, I mean, I would describe it for me, it was definitely rock bottom. I don't know what actually is rock bottom, but for me, it was a, it was the lowest I've ever been in my life of really doubting myself, feeling like a failure, um, like looking in the mirror every day being like, what the hell is this guy? What was wrong with you? How, how are you such a failure and all this kind of stuff? But I, it's an experience that I would definitely never give back. At the time, it was absolutely brutal. Like. I, and when people talk about, like, I see people who, who have, you know, unfortunately have committed suicide and have gone down that road. I never felt suicidal, but I could totally understand how people can go down that road and start, like, stacking all these things negatively that can bring them to a really, a really toxic place. So I was on the way there, definitely, but never felt actually close to it or anything. And a huge help for me was my American Bulldog Maddie, or our American Bulldog Maddie oh, now. Oh, nice yeah. one. And she was the one who just was, uh, you know, she's a very sensitive back-of-the-pack dog. Um, and she was, she's a very happy-go-lucky, loves everybody, wants to play all the time. And she was very down and would come by me and lay by me and stuff like that. And it, she was really the one who I, I, I don't know if I would have done it by myself. I'm pretty sure that I would have. I would like to think that I would have got out of that shit by myself. But seeing her that way made me be like, what? I got to like snap out of this shit and do this for her. Yeah. Like she, look at her, like look what I'm causing my own dog to feel like. So she was the one who got me putting one foot in front of the other and it was really hard for a while. I was, you know, very judgmental of myself, but then I decided one, I don't know, I think it was just one day, like with her, I said, you know what, like stop being a bitch about it and start, <laughs> get control of your life. Cause I was very much in a, mi- in a mindset of waiting for things to happen to me. People are going to do shit for me. Um, like that guy's lucky and actually wishing bad upon people like to not be successful. And when people would fail, I'd be good. It made me feel better. So I can totally understand when I see people who are going through the same thing now. It's like very obvious to me and I'm like, so that person's not happy because I know for a fact that I wasn't happy in that state. Um, But then I decided, you know what, I'm gonna try to be a good person. I'm gonna start investing in myself instead of waiting for shit to happen. I'm gonna actually do it for myself. Yeah, take take life, you know, take life by the balls really is what you can call it. I mean, by the way, that's something I want to talk about too. I grew up in New York and uh-huh. we're in Hoboken, New Jersey. So I apologize in advance sincerely about some cursing and things like that. I do it. Cassie definitely does it. I can tell oh, you. Oh, not me. <laughs> but 
some things will slip. And it's something I thought about doing. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, like kind of curse and do that stuff because I didn't yeah, want to. You have to keep it real too. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to scare people off by cursing, but at the same time, I didn't want to be like eighty-five percent of myself and try to filter myself out. I want to give you guys the raw me and like how I really am in life, and and not give you some like fake like sh- TV showy type person. Like this is who I really am, and if I curse, then I apologize. And if it offends you, please don't be offended if you if you can't be. But uh-huh. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Um, but so yeah, apologize in advance. And we'll, by the way, we'll also have some PG and PG thirteen like things too that won't have. I promise we'll have. When have we any bring our innocent in. little Jamie on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so where was I up to? Now I forgot. You're taking life by the balls. Mm. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So. Yeah, so then I just started really investing myself. I started reading books. I started studying, um, learning things that I really wanted to learn. And the day came where I saw um, my father. I, I can't remember if my father or my mother saw like an ad for, for TCW, which is Training Caesar's Way, the workshop that Caesar teaches. And uh, I looked on and I saw what it was. It was it was a good price to go to it. And I was like, damn, how am I going to afford that? But it just felt so right to go to that. So... I just swiped the freaking credit card and was like, I'll figure this shit out. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but it felt right. And that's something we'll talk about too when it comes to setting intention and how to how to make lasting change and stuff like that is going with... A lot of people focus on the how-to of how to do something, but they haven't really felt it at a deep level that they want to make that change. So for me, I can definitely tell you in my experience when I actually felt that this was the right thing to do, the how-to, and that just... I was like, I'll figure it out. And obviously, I figured it out. And most it people will figure... Place. Yeah, yeah, everything's going to... You'll be able to figure it out if you really want it. So I went. Uh, I brought my American Bulldog, Maddie, out to LA to take the first ever Training Caesars Way workshop that was going to be done personally by Caesar. It was... Uh, like an amazing I mean you talk about an amazing experience like getting there and walking still visualize it perfectly in my head walking up the hill and seeing Caesar standing there with his like freaking sombrero thing on or whatever the hell he had with a huge walking stick like standing up like proud as hell and I was like it just felt I was like I'm in the right place this is where I have to be I mean this is like no other question so I ended up taking the course um and the head trainer at the time was a good friend of mine named Colleen Steckloff who's now Colleen Aguilera and she's up LA Canines out in LA. And she, uh, I was talking with her a lot during the workshop and, and I said to her at the end, I said, if there's ever an opportunity to come back and volunteer, I'd love to do that. And she said, yeah, we'll see what happens. So I left and I was like, there's no way, like this is the end of that. I learned a ton. Um, I got to speak with Caesar like one-on-one a few times, which was great. So I was coming back saying, cool, great experience. Now it's on to continuing like working and doing the business. But, um, I forget exactly what it was. A couple months later, I got, an, a, I don't remember if it was a text from Colleen or an email from them. I'm pretty sure it was a text from Colleen that said, hey, Caesar said that he's he'd like to have you come back and volunteer. And I was like, That's this awesome. is freaking amazing, right? So at the time though, the business wasn't you know just starting and I was investing a lot of money back in. So for me to go out there and volunteer was, was definitely a struggle at the time. But again, another thing that felt right to do. So I did it. And I would pay my way and just scrape by and sleep on the floor in Colleen's room if she let me or whoever was there. Um, I would eat cheap food and just figure it out. Just get by as best as I could. And then come back and when I would come home, I would work my ass off to get ready to volunteer for the next one. So I ended up volunteering there for, I don't even know, it probably said like two years I was volunteering yeah. there. Um, it wasn't two years, yeah. So I did it for two years and then uh, 
Caesar's business manager and said, hey, we're gonna, we'd like to have you be the Caesar's first assistant trainer. I said, great, that sounds like an amazing thing to me. So me and another colleague, Art, down in Dallas at Dogfit Dallas, he and I were the first volunteers that were invited back. So we were, we were the first volunteers invited back and then we were the first assistant trainers. So we've been doing, I've been Caesar's assistant trainer now for, damn, how long has it been now? It's probably two and a half years now, almost three years. Yeah, almost three. And I've gotten really close with him. He's a good friend of mine. Um, I also tour with him on the live shows uh, that he does when he's up in the Northeast area. Um, I've done a few shows in California and stuff like that too. And I had a great relationship with him. I got to learn so much with him and just see him behind the scenes and not on just the Dog Whisperer and, and Caesar 911 and all the shows. Just to see how much of it, you know, people, people judge him from a TV show and things like that. But I know the guy at the core. and He's a really, really great person. He's helped me so much in my life of... He's another guy who was at rock bottom at one point and he, he openly talks about him attempting suicide and how he got through it and where he is now and all that stuff. So he's been an amazing person um, and that's where I am right now. So since that point, oh, we'll get into, let me talk about it really quick so then my health. And after playing baseball, this was going on for a while. So the business has been going great, but for a while my health, I kind of let that slide, especially during the time when I went to that like rock bottom deal. and. I was kind of eating whatever the hell I wanted, drinking way, way, way too much, um, just not giving a shit about my health, really, like not going to the gym as much. And I bumped up to like 220, which which is not morbidly obese, clearly, but <laughs> as the pictures will show, which will eventually show you guys some pictures of, of me at 220, which is not a, a very pretty sight, as far as I would say. Um, and and Cassie and Jamie love to get a real kick out of my fat pictures. They laugh their oh. ass off at me all the time, which is not like the most fun for me. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so that was a, it was a tough time. So I realized that not only did I have to invest in myself of, of intellectually and business and dogs and stuff, is that I now had to invest in my health. And I went to the doctor for a casual checkup. I got told I had sky high cholesterol, triglycerides, which were over two thousand when they're supposed to be under a hundred or two hundred and very high blood pressure. So, of course, my doctor said hot blood pressure medication, triglyceride medication, and statin drugs. So, I decided that it was, let me, before I go on all this crap, and, and yeah. which is what, like, because it was such a passion of mine, too, with the dog training world, and the dog world, where all these dogs are, are being either isolated, medicated, or euthanized. So, that was, those are, like, the three things. So, like, a lot of the dog training industry likes to just medicate and put a band-aid on problems so it was already something that was passionate about me so they were like all right we're gonna medicate my problems because i'm eating like shit i'm not taking care of myself and not taking accountability for my own life so i decided to make a change i started really really um studying and and going online watching videos reading books about how to eat and stuff like that so i i started kind of eating a low carb high fat diet which has been really helpful i got i'm back in the gym every day i took up muay thai which is a mixed martial art type of mixed martial art um what else have i done I've done other things yeah. too to get in it but, do a lot. but just a lot of active things I, uh obviously the walking with the dogs constantly I, I forced myself to do that every single day even if i was tired um and just really focusing on my health and just learning about what i was eating and nutrition so that was uh the health part and then it that's where I went and that's where I'm, I'm down to about 185 pounds now so I'm feeling really good so that's something I definitely want to talk about too is health and nutrition because obviously being balanced and and being able to guide your dog as a leader you need to be balanced yourself first so that's something that I see a lot of my own uh, a lot of our clients struggling with so that's definitely something I want to talk about and help as many people as we can but um, so as I was doing dog training um, 
I started doing a board and train package and one of my first clients sent me an email, which I didn't respond to for a while. And because I was a one man show for a long time. So I didn't respond to a while and all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, I forgot to respond to this person. And I saw her voicemails from the person's mother. It's like saying, hey, we're outside your place and we don't know where you are, but we're trying. My daughter wants to sign up for dog training. I was like, who is this like lady? Like, oh, who are these people? So I go back and I email back and see and see that she had she had an issue. I called her up and it happens to be the lovely Cassandra right here. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of like tracked you down, hunted you down. Yeah, but how did you I find you. me? How did you find me? Um, it took me a while. Um, just Google though. I had to Google. I mean, I typed in dog training. It gave me all like the. I hate to say it, like just like the bullshit. Yeah. Obedience. Uh, my dog already knew well, that. Tell, Jake tell, already knew it. So for people who don't know, tell them about your like past with dog training and the obedience yeah, and all well, that stuff. Yeah. So I did. I went to school for dog training. Yeah. I, I took the whole course. I did an externship program, and it was all just obedience, positive training, mm-hmm. treats. And my dog was crazy over treats. Yeah. He's he's still a little food motivated but in like the wrong way he's overly obsessed but so i knew i needed something different he did have an issue with uh, my sister's dog in the house he bit her in the face it was like a little traumatizing he but what else what happened to the dog uh, so my dog's like 80 pounds. You know, you know obviously yeah. Jake, our dog, yeah. I'll say. So yeah. Jake is like 80 pounds. My sister's dog was like five pound Yorkie. And he bit her in the face. He kind of cracked her jaw, popped her eye out. You can so say it was he a bad popped her bite. jaw. You don't have to say kind of. It, it, was a, it was a bad bite. It was one bite, but it was bad. But yeah. it was over food. They could be together. Like obviously if food or, or treats weren't around. Um, but I knew I needed help. And the people like that I went to school with, my um my mentor, I guess I would say, kind of just said, you know, Jake doesn't like uh, my dog. Jake doesn't like other dogs. Mm-hmm. Probably like just keep him in the only dog in the house. And I was like, okay, well, that's not but a good about, answer. Tell- like, do some like what's like what can we do to like get him past this to get him yeah. like better so he's not you know attacking my sister's dog and we have to have baby gates in the house for and dogs. He, he was attacking. Wasn't he attacking other dogs in the street or going after, yeah, reacting, barking so out the window, all this stuff? Yeah. I wouldn't even walk him anymore. I couldn't even walk him. He would like pull me down. Yeah. Um, I only trusted my like Johnny to walk him, my brother yep. to walk him because he was so strong. And then, I mean, I was, I guess, lucky in a way that I had a backyard so he could get out at yeah. some point. But I was like moving into a new apartment with Danielle and the dog. So everyone was downsizing and, and I was saying that, you know, I need to find a trainer, the people I, you know, my mentor that I went to, to school with and who was doing the positive training wasn't helping. So what were the, what were the tactics that they were doing with you, with her, with him? I'm sorry. It was a lot of like, redirection like, with the food, like put yeah. food in the face, put steak, like, and Jake did not care about steak or yeah. hot dogs or yeah. like sausage, anything. He just wanted to, it looked like he wanted to kill another dog. Yeah. It was like so but bad. Didn't you tell me, you also told me about the fence thing about there was a behind the wall or something. And oh, then that's, what, to... that's when we took my externship class. So the externship, I had to participate with my dog or if I had another dog, if I didn't own one, but I did. So I took Jake and... They would, in the group class, I think there was like 10 or 12 different dogs, and Jake started reacting, and yeah. they kind of just like shunned us in the corner, put us behind a, a big red wall. Isolation. And yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're like, once he settles, like, bring him back out a little, and then if he comes out a little and starts barking again and like reacting, then put him back in, and like do it over and over and over again. That class ended. It was only an hour, and we never got out of the corner. Yeah. So, yeah. then, yeah, I mean, nothing was working. What they were saying wasn't working. 
so I knew I needed something different, something like, I mean, I used to watch Caesar on, on TV too. So I was like, mm-hmm. I know I need something like, that's more dog psychology, yeah. like than just like treats and sit, like yeah. all these commands, like that wasn't working for Jake. So it took me a while, but I found you. Yeah. <laughs> you were very I didn't even know how you found me because like, my website was like this little thing I that had to type I in, had like my, dog my psychology centers near me, like dog training. Everyone pulled up like, oh, yeah. we don't do aggression. We don't do that. We just yeah. do like a group package yeah. or like three sessions for, you know, basic yeah. rights. I knew he needed to go somewhere yeah. or he needed like an extensive training. So I did find someone else before you. Yeah. But they're like, oh, he's so aggressive. We need him for to stay for at least two months. I'm like, I know he's not that aggressive. And the mm. guy was like, just looked at Jake and he's like, okay, yeah, you can put him back in the car and I'll show you the place. Like he didn't even like mm-hmm. really read into Jake. So I'm yeah. like, I don't even know if this guy really knows what he's doing. Like how yeah. am I going to trust that? Let me try to like you know, see what else is out there and there you were, but then you weren't answering my phone call. Yeah, so nothing. I was like, you know what, like enough of this guy, like I was like so close to saying forget yeah, you. Yeah, it sounded like your mother and was too. And my mom was like, <laughs> no. Oh, she's like, we should go, they're right in Hoboken. Let's yeah. let's go. It's only like twenty five minutes away. We go yeah. there, can't find you. Yeah. Then you said you called me and you're like, yeah, I can take him in two weeks, which was Thanksgiving or over Christmas. I'm like, I'm not giving my dog yeah, away for like Christmas. Yeah, literally the only availability like, I had. Yeah, like yeah. no one wants to give their dog away for the holidays. I'm like, you could take him for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I gave him to you and I dropped him off. With my what? mom always says, like, at, at the, this was the place. Hilarious. This was unbelievable, by the way. So no. th- <laughs> so they show up. First of all, Cassie comes walking out of the car wearing in full purple hair with... I don't know if I should really say, but like you were, she was in a tank top and she mm-hmm. looked very good. Let's just put it that way to me. And, and I'm still standing out there and all of a sudden like her mom's like talk, but she came with her mother and, and Jake who was all over the place, by the way, like pulling and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. He was a little crazy yeah. and I I'll admit. Yeah. So, so Cassie's mother is asking me, she's like, so do you live here by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And then oh, she was so into she, and she's, she's like, like really? oh, so do you live here with your wife? Yeah. That's what she said. Do you live she's here with your all wife? important questions. And I was like, no, nah, I live here by myself. She's like, oh, very interesting. And I was like, oh, all right. I was like, is this for the daughter or the mother? I couldn't <laughs> tell at the time who was, who was for her. <laughs> Well, but, then when we leave, she's like, oh, did you see his calves? I'm like, mom, I'm <laughs> dropping my dog off. Like, I'm not going to see yeah. him. He's getting training. Like, that's not what's important she's right now. She's focused on the like, calves. Relax. Well, at, at some point during the show, I'll lift up the calves <laughs> and show you guys what she's talking about. But, uh, so They're yeah. pretty so, impressive. So then Jake got dropped off, and and I just saw a dog who was insecure, who was leading the pack of females that he had there. And he was... Uh, he just didn't know what to do. He was all over the place. So I brought him to the backyard, and I already I, I, I had someone send Maddie outside, who's my American Bulldog. And I saw him get really tense and excited. I did one correction to him. And he's like, what was that? What was that? Got attention. Settled him. I brought him right into Maddie. Maddie smelled him. And Jake was like, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? Jake. Which is, yeah, overweight <laughs> Jake. And it's a common thing of dogs. and Because he got attacked, right, by a German Shepherd. In a dog park, yeah, which is, by the way, was, a super common thing that happens yeah. in, in dog parks where dogs are doing great and then all of a sudden they get attacked by a oh dog God, and now amazing. they're super reactive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I saw. I saw an incident. What, what, your, the people you were working with, what they saw was, a, was a, an aggressive dog, which is very oh, much yeah, of like tons of, our, yeah, tons of our clients get call us and say our dog is aggressive, is aggressive, is aggressive. Because Jamie will tell you how many people we say are aggressive dog. And what I saw with Jake was an insecure dog who was in a front of the pack position leading his pack. 
and had no idea how to do it and over way overexcited like super excited well, like no they, control they, of excitement they pumped treats in him and was like do high pitched noises so he gets yeah. it I'm like yeah. way too much for him he took that in yeah He's so he, great at it. So once they removed him from, from Cassie and his mother, he was just an insecure dog. He didn't know what to do, and he didn't have the courage to actually go and attack a dog there. So it was able to have me, have Maddie around him and realize nothing was going to happen. Then I had other dogs I started bringing out one by one and things you like that. You sent me that picture. Like, yeah. I dropped Jake off, and I'm driving. And, like, within five minutes of driving, you text me. So I'm like, Mom, read it. Cause like, I don't like to be on my phone in the car. Yeah. But... Then she's like, "Oh my God, Jake's right next to another dog." It was Maddie, and you sent, and they were literally sitting right next to each other. And yeah. I like, we'll have to post that photo um, at some point. On it here. was, funny. I still have it. Yeah. yeah, it was like, I would never think that that night it would happen. Yeah. obviously I sent him to you because like I believed in you and what you do. So mm-hmm. eventually you can get him to sit next to another dog. Right. Within five minutes, I was like, "No way!" I'm like, yeah. "This has to be fake." So we got him in there, and I started bringing more dogs. And then she came for her first session, and. And in the rain. In the rain, and and when she came, <laughs> I I think I didn't wasn't I coming back from a pack walk with him? Yeah, I came back with like I think yeah. I had like five or six dogs with me, and she was just like, "What the hell is going on here? I don't understand this stuff." I couldn't even process it. Yeah. Oh, let me go back to so really quickly what the what they were trying to do with your trainer, your your people were trying to do was. They saw an aggressive dog, so they said, let's just distract him with food. In their mind, they're doing redirection, which it technically it is, but they didn't focus. So a lot of that kind of training is focused on the physical state of the dog. So it's getting the eyes to look at you and yeah. putting your butt on the ground and looking. It's all that kind of stuff. And then they feed the, fit yeah. state of the, the physical state, sit, down, stay, heal, all that stuff. So what they don't realize, in my opinion, is that they're feeding an excited state. So while they were trying to grab attention through bribery, because they say they're going to phase the treats out, it's, it's very they rare. They phase out. It's very rare that I ever see it actually happen. But you don't have they the treats do, in I would, trouble. I, yeah, I want to see. I would love to like see it. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, I that's what they're trying to do. So they're just trying to, to distract, and it's not going to work because in reality you're just increasing more excitement. Some dogs it can totally work, but not all. So Jake was one of those guys that that didn't work for, and. We got him, and, and as Cassie and I were, were doing the... So during our boarding trains or our dog, dog psychology camp, we always have the owners come throughout the, the uh, Process, boarding train. Yeah. yeah, because it's really important that the owners are linked to the, to the boarding train. And it gives us an opportunity to work with the dog and the owner at the same time. So Cassie came... And we definitely hit it off. Like I, I think thoroughly... I got some extra sessions in there. Yeah, she, she just wanted extra... me to come up. Yeah, she got some extra sessions because I was like, <laughs> this girl is like really, I'm really, I was really enjoying like hanging out with her and talking because she was so engaged about the dogs, like so wants to know. She's like, wow, that makes so much sense and it's so interesting. And, and I was like thoroughly enjoying it. And the people like that in general in life, the, the, the people who are like really into things and positive and, and, and like my, my owner, the, my clients who are like really committed and things like that, like I, I, it just fires me up and I'll go forever with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So then we just kind of hit it off and then it was a, how did it go? Then we sent Jake home. I did the go home in her apartment complex because she had said He just that, wanted to see where I lived so he knows where to, <laughs> where to spy on right. me at night. Yeah. That's a, and by the way, we'll talk about story versus reality during oh this thing too. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, so we were there, and and I and because she was having issues with Jake in the apartment complex primarily, so I wanted to see him there. The, we, the stairwell. We walked all around, did the whole thing, and and that was the and he did great, and you guys did awesome. Mm-hmm. And then it he, was a transition, but I was committed. I I needed it to work, you yeah. know. So I put all the effort in. There was a little like set. Well, I wouldn't say setback, but I was like questioning a little. Like, does he really need to be in the crate? Because he's not a dog that's going to destroy things. Yeah. Like he didn't need the crate for that reason, but. 
he was trying to like break out of it, trying to be, you yeah. know, so my, my, have his my, own way. And yeah, I texted you. The purpose for me of that was that it was a way for me to make sure she stayed committed. So like, did Jake really need the crate? No, but I wanted to make sure it was, this was more for the owner than it was actually for the dog. I wanted to make sure that she stayed committed to the process and, and understood how important it was to stay with the structure long term, not just all right, I'm just yeah. gonna give up in five minutes because she would if she would have done that, the dominoes fall and she's gonna give up on yeah. the rest of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. So then we so then the day came and I was checking in with her and said how are how are things going with Jake and she said really good, it's awesome. And then I don't know, I, I remember talking to my friend Dan. I said should I just ask this girl out? Like what's the ethic like ethical like way to like ask a client? I was just like messed up. I don't uh-huh. know. And I was like whatever, screw it. You have one life to live. I'm just gonna fucking ask her out, right? And so I sent you a message. What I said I was like I was like hey we should go out. And celebrate for yeah. the thing and Cassie Which right I, away was like yes thank god I've been no, dying out with you no, oh, I'm just kidding yeah. I wish I could say that but we ended up going out we had I good... didn't want to lose my dog trainer I can't say no <laughs> so I had to say yes yeah, okay. <laughs> keep a dog trainer right yeah. exactly so, I wasn't sure when I needed help again yeah so so we started uh, we went on a first date and we had a really good time we, we definitely had a few cocktails that night that's for sure I think and they kicked us out we were the last yeah, people we in the yeah we were the last ones there we just were talking and talking and it was like this is an awesome conversation just about like life and and dogs and everything and we really hit it off and the rest is really history i mean we just started yeah, dating like every right? weekend after that yeah started dating and and things were going great and she ended up moving in and when she moved in because i had nowhere else to go yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah um she moved in and we and, and I, we talked about her joining the company and we we had definitely talked about the risk of us working together and how difficult it can be to not only work, have a relationship to work together and have the work be in at the our house. home. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we had to deal with all those things, Full which submersion. which sometimes really is a struggle. It. And like, we'll definitely say it's definitely a struggle at times, but yeah, it's not always easy. But, but with, we the, make but it with work. the right attitude, which, which we which we'll definitely talk a lot about, is like with the right attitude and and just saying whatever. This is this is what's been handed to us. This is life happening for us, not to us. It, it, we just yeah. live every day as if it's like the greatest day. That's yeah. just. It took me a while to realize that too, because I'm like, why? I wanted a dog. I wanted a dog so bad. My own dog. I was over 18. Yeah. I could, you know. And then I'm like, why did I get Jake? I'm like, what the mm. hell? Like, I want a dog that I could take anywhere, be nice to other dogs, have more dogs in the future. And yep. I'm like, and now I have this dog who's like so reactive. Like, I did feel like a little like lost, but yeah. But I mean, I'm glad I, I stuck it out. And, and that's that's also. The getting the dog that you need, not the one that you want. Mm-hmm. So most people, that's so true. Most I wouldn't people, change it for anything. Then. Yeah, they want this. They want this, and and <clears throat> they'll say, "I want this type of dog." Then they get a dog that's a problem dog, but it's not really a problem dog. It's just that they don't understand, or it's exposing things about themselves that yeah. they never knew were there. So it's actually the best dog they ever have. So that's Caesar talks about this stuff all the time about getting the dog that you need, not the one I that you want. I believe it. I think yeah, it's so, so he true. was definitely the one you. She, he was definitely the one that you needed, and yeah. for me, Maddie was totally the one I needed. I was really really good with like like forward strong dogs and aggression and things like that but where i struggled was with sensitive dogs and that's just my upbringing me and i know me and my father my brother just roughhousing ball breaking and just that's what i that was my lane that i was that i knew very well but it actually maddie was able to expose to a degree of weakness that i had which was was getting a little frustrated with sensitive dogs nervous dogs fearful dogs so i actually she exposed when I went to the course with Caesar. She, Caesar said to me, he goes, you're a little too much with that dog. And I said, well, what do you mean? 
I was like, oh, he but she needs right to away. know what the deal is. He said, no, 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 but you're, this is a back of the pack dog. You need to learn how to be sensitive with her and let her understand from a different way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, a, that was like something that I was like, wow, that makes so much freaking sense. Yeah. And now it's like yeah, being able to share it, it with like all it. my clients, all the stuff that I've learned from him and like learned in my own experience. It's like so fulfilling to like see somebody say, wow, that makes so much freaking sense. Like, yeah. why didn't I just think of that? And it does make sense once you really understand dog psychology. Um, yeah, so that's really where where it kind of went, right? I mean, yeah, and, and I'm we, still here. Yeah, the business has been For growing. Good. Yeah, the business has been growing. We've been doing really good, and and we work on our relationship. We work on growing the business every day. Um, we work on you know staying positive, having an awesome environment here. We want everyone here to be fulfilled and happy, and 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 living the life they want. And we'll definitely yeah. get into a lot of things about like limiting beliefs that people have saying you know that we we get inside of our heads and we tell ourselves we can't do things it's not going to be able to happen uh you know i'm not good enough um it's, it's too much for me and all those kind of we things <clears throat> it's a lot of bullshit we and our minds are amazing at keeping us safe but safe isn't growth safe isn't going for it and we have one life to live so it's like why not go for it that's the way i look at it and that's yeah. why i hope i can inspire all of you guys to do too i want everyone to just I mean, that's the way it has to be. I mean, there's no other way. The other way, I, I live the other way. And trust me, it's, don't, it's not the way to go. Coming on this side, it's, it takes a little bit of courage to go for it. But once that you get past that courage and you actually have courage a little bit to take even just that one step, that's the first step to confidence. So I was not always this... Baby steps yeah. sometimes. Like for me to do this in the past, this show, and be yeah. confident enough to sit in front of a microphone and talk to all of you... I would have never been able to do it, but it took the courage to actually go into my first consultation to learn how to talk with people. It took the courage to invite Adam out here and, yeah. and put me on camera and say, what are you doing right now? And looking at a lens and looking at this lens, but I know I know this lens leads to all you guys. So yeah. it gives me, it really inspires me to help you guys too. So I'm super pumped up. This is the end, I would say, of yeah. episode one. The 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 set here is is still under construction we should have put like big yellow tape it's like caution like under uh. construction but we wanted to get in the first episode and kind of introduce ourselves um i'm super pumped up are you yeah yeah you better be i'm uh, ready or for else it. you're fired no. uh. but uh it was awesome and we'll see you guys soon for episode two definitely put in the comment section anything you guys want us to talk about questions any questions make sure you put hashtag ask the pack leader right is that yeah. what you said it so hashtag ask the pack leader in the comments stay calm and confident and we will see you guys soon